Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den. I'm your boy, Seth, and I am so excited about today's show. But before we go into that, um, I got a little issue. All right. My issue is I, I had some brunch today. And my man's Herm, he over here, he can, he can vouch for me. How was that brunch, bro? It was good. All right, all right, y'all, listen. One of our sponsors, right, Kevlar's Grill, they do brunch on every first and third Sunday. And today, sweet baby Jay. Ah. Bro, all right, so what was it that caught you? So, you know, at first, when you look at the building of the VFW, you think, mm-hmm. man, ain't going to be nothing in there. Yeah, it won't be nothing. Right. <laughs> but you go in there and see the variety of the food that they put out. Yes. That fried chicken that they had in Bruh. there. That macaroni cheese they I had in lie. there. You know what I'm talking about? Couldn't believe it. Well, me and my kids was happy, man. Man, listen, not only was the food good, but then they also had let me, $3 mimosas. Can you dig it? $3, $3 mimosas. Right. Only three, okay? It was, it was outstanding. But, but, but what did I have to drink? Man, you know what? <laughs> you, being a, being a nutcase, what did you get? Like like two shots I of I got two sh- double shot of Jack for my, but that go with eggs, Don't right? nobody do that first thing in the morning. So, so that's the difference between somebody being a, uh, a gentleman and somebody being an alcoholic, right? <laughs> but he wouldn't even think, but seriously, y'all, we're going to go back into that and uh, really want to give them a shout out. But I want to let y'all know that the food was outstanding. So big shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But all right, we got my man's will. What's going on? On, brother what's going on what's going on pride all right all right and welcome to the lion's den we have the chief wood oh wait but yet ronnie woods huh there you go yeah buddy. There you go. Yeah. How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm finally in the lion's den. Finally? Man. Oh, man. Hey, yo, yo. Man. This dude right here is persistent, man. He been on me for about two months Bruh. trying to get up in here. And I'm like, man, I got you, bro. I you got you, bro. talent, bro. And he was, he was on me, man. And, and without him, man, and the things that he doing, man, being so inspiring, I wouldn't be here. So yeah, right. I'm finally in man, the den, man. It, man. We listen. about to we about to keep it real. We're gonna keep it real, 100. Okay. And and the, and that's one of the reasons why I was um so persistent in hollering at you because yeah. just like you know that real is a dying breed. You Facts. know what I mean? It's a dying breed, and is individuals that wear the uniform, but they forget who they are, and you can right. tell, right? right. But mm-hmm. you have a certain quality that I've seen not just how you treat individuals that's higher ranking than you, but individuals that's lower ranking. Than yes. You. And that right there, I said, you know what? I wish I had that 10 years ago. Right. You get what I mean? So right. welcome, seriously welcome. So, hey, before we, you know, get into all of that, tell us about Ronnie. Well, to tell you a little bit about Ronnie, Chief Throwback, Chief Woods, whatever you want to call me, you got to go where it all started. Mm-hmm. West Side Chicago. Oh, okay. Can you dig it? There it is. All right. West Side All right. Chicago. Give it up for Chicago. Right, right. right so, on. Okay. So grew up, you know, um, on the west side of Chicago, a lot of gangs, drugs, violence, prostitution. Right. You name it. I went through it. Um, mom and dad was hard working, but you know, they had their challenges, man. They had their challenges, yo. They uh dad was uh, addicted to uh alcohol, mom was addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of children in the house, uh, got four sisters, got two brothers. You know, we did what we need to do. Um, joined the Air Force, um, 
Actually, my parents moved to Virginia when I was 17. So when they moved to Virginia when I was 17, my mom was like, do you want to stay in Chicago or do you want to go to VA? I'm like, man, I ain't trying to go no VA. No disrespect to my peeps right, out right, in right, VA, right, man. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, yo, yo, mm-hmm. I'm not trying. I'm my outside Compared to the side, right, I'm right, like, right. nah, yeah. man, this is home, That's man. Right. It's, so uh, I went and moved with my grandma, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the best thing ever happened to me because me, uh, my, I came from a very unstructured home, unstructured environment. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to my grandma's house, it was very structured. And I needed that that last year before I became a young adult, you know, had a very important conversation with my grandma. She was like, yo, what you going to do? You going to join? You going to uh, either join the military or go to college? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to the Air Force. Right. And, uh. And here we are. So, I mean, what was your thoughts, though, as far as the military prior to? Hold on. Is your phone over there? I don't know. I'm, I'm hearing some feedback. But anyway, um, what is what was your thoughts yeah. coming in the military? Like, did you think that you were going to do 20 years or you just want to get the experience just to lead a shy or what you do? What, what did you want to do? Man. So the big thing when I was a senior in high school, like all my partners was going to UPS and, and going to do that thing. Cause they was like hiring us like crazy right. back then and they was making good money. So, you know, I was like, but I always want to lead a crib. I always want to lead a West side. So I joined, I joined the military and it was supposed to be a pit stop. It was supposed to be boom in and out. And then I hit that four year mark. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Matter of fact, this is what happened, man. So I went on leave. I went home on leave like four months before I was going to get out. And I went back and all my homeboys was doing the exact same thing that, that, I, that they was doing before I joined. Preach. And I got back. I'm like, man, I'm in, yo. Yo, and you see, and you, <laughs> see you didn't miss nothing, right? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I had, I had grew so much as a person. I had been like to different countries, different states. I had met people. From all over the country, whether it was the West Coast, whether it was the East Coast, whether it was down south, whether it was other states up north where I'm at. And, and I, I was a changed person at that point. So I was like, you know, now nah, I'm good. Right. I'm cool with this. All right. So when you went home, the first time you went home, what did, what, did you notice the, a change in your friends, like behavior towards you? Like did they see, did they recognize the change in you? No, nah, ain't nothing changed. Like they expected me to be the same cat. Yeah, I remember that. Same cat. And I was a different dude, man. So uh, so I used to go home and it was kind of hard to navigate that, man. You know, like, cause I, like a little bit inside of me, I still want to be the same mm-hmm. cat. I was like, you know, I, Getting it I'm in. still, yeah. I'm still, so they used to call me Ron back in uh, high school. I'm like, nah, man, I'm still Ron, man. I ain't, I ain't, uh, I ain't Aaron Woods. And when I go home, you know, I would have to navigate that. And, you know, by the graces of God, I never got into too much trouble. You know, I would I would find my way back, you know, to base fill in the blank with the same stripes I had. Cause it was some, God. it was some stuff going on, man, you know, at the time. And I'm like, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all, that's for sure. Like if some of that stuff would have went left like it did. You know, I can relate and I want you to chime in on that because Will. You've been here. Not only have you been here forever, but you born and raised here. So, so he don't want to fucking leave. But so my thing <laughs> is, what, what I wanted to what I wanted to say was, it was hard for me after so long because yeah. when I would deploy and I come back home, I saw that the conversations would change, and then 
the gap began begin to grow right. because your friends that you grew up with couldn't relate anymore. Right. So now I'm excited. I want to talk about Egypt. Right. You know, I want to talk about the, the pyramids and things that I saw, but I can't talk to someone that's only been on the east side of Detroit hmm. and going out of town is considered going on the west side of Detroit. You get what Yo, I mean? So, basically. but what, what you think? Well, I'm going to say um, coming from a hood mm-hmm. or an area that is, has more challenges than other people, it was challenging to go to the military because you became accustomed to what you know. Right. right? So I relate that to some I call in the box syndrome. In the box represents where you're at, where mm-hmm. you're comfortable. But when you leave, it's a personal challenge because now you got a different world in front of you. Right. So how hard was that transition for you to come from Chicago? Now you have all this structure, all these individuals challenging you like you've never been challenged. How did you react to that? I struggled like crazy, bro. Like crazy, man. So my first two years in the military, I got an Article 15, four LORs, and three LOCs. You know, I well, want everybody, counting? hold on, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I want people to understand that. No, that's serious. That's you serious. put out for that kind of you, stuff. Right, because yeah. right now, this is not a, you know, a, a mistake. So military, here's the thing. You know? Here's the thing. And and and, and I ain't joking, bro. Yeah. I would have kicked me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like Chief Woods, hey, you gone, bro. Right. We can't do nothing with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was offered an administrative discharge. And then, uh, so, you know, as anybody know, like in the military, like, they give you the opportunity to either do an administrative rebuttal or you can do, like, a physical appearance. I'm like, now nah, I got to go holler at this commander, yo. I can't go back. Mm-hmm. I can't go back. Like, so I went in there and just talked to him and I – he ended up keeping me in like he ended up keeping me in. But he was like, uh, if I see you one more time, I said, it's a wrap. So at that point, like the light bulb came on. I'm like, man, my life depend on this, man. I got to clean some things up. So um, I just started I just started uh, uh, looking at the people around me and just started really just cleaning that up. And that was it was really that easy, man. It was it was like. Nah, man, you ain't on. You ain't on what I'm trying to be, man. Hey, have fun. You ain't on what I'm trying to be on. You know, you a hey, hey, all respect, but I, I ain't on that no more. And started surrounding myself with good people, and boom, shot right up the ranks. And that's what it takes. Yep. So, so being that you came from that, because I have a similar story about getting in all this trouble and stuff. Because it, it, coming in the military, people don't realize there's an adjustment period. We don't come in even after you go through basic. Oh, I'm blued up. I still came from where I came from and handled things the way I used to handle them. So knowing that, how do you reach back to the to the young uh, Ronnie Woods and say, hey, I know the path you're going down. This ain't where you want to go. How do you reach that person? Well, it's kind of it's kind of tricky with doing that, because one of the things with me is, you know, you got to give time to make that to make that transition. And, and everybody got kind of a different compass when it comes to like really making that change and really finding out who you are and identifying who you are and making your niche in the military. But uh, I just tell them, you know, just start working on finding out who you are, stay true to yourself, but identify who you are and what you want to be. When you do that, you know, you'll be good. But on a personal level, like I don't give up on them because, you know, that commander who I called the day I made chief, I called him up like, thank you. Like he didn't give up on me and I ain't sitting here talking to y'all. I'm, I'm somewhere on the West side right now, but I definitely ain't right here. If he would have did what the book tells him to do, but 
somewhere inside of him, I'm pretty sure something in his gut was like, you know what? What this young man is telling me resonates with me. I'm giving one more shot. And here I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. So going back to that um, that decision as far as when you had to talk to the commander and you made up your mind that you wanted more, who or what was your anchor as far as individuals back home that you did not want to let down? Like, what was your inspiration to say, you know what, I could take this administrative discharge and just go back to the crib and get it in to and deal with individuals that I'm uh, familiar with, but... What was it or who was it that helped you to press on? Well, first it was my parents. Okay. Because, well, you know, my parents had their substance abuse issues, but I still I still looked up to them because, go. you know, um, like they still did things the right way. They was hardworking, you know, but they they had they had a disease, man, you know, uh, that they had to overcome. And then it was my grandma. So my grandma, when I lived with her, she was the reason I was in the Air, the Air Force at the time. And, you know, I had made her a promise because I was the one, man, like, you know, and nobody in my family had went to college. Nobody really had left Chicago. Like, I was the one that was supposed to change the generational, you know, dynamic of the Woods brand. Mm -hmm. And here I'm out here blowing it, man, like on some old stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when, you know, when that commander was like, you going back to the West Side, I'm like, you know, I got I to gotta change the dynamic. Well, something to add in about that. So I have a very similar situation. And when I was yeah. an airman out at set base on the west side, I was going around, always been a hard worker, something that most people come in, they're a hard worker. But those soft skills, how to communicate effectively. Right. When someone come at you, not to come right back at them. I think that's the biggest challenge I see with individuals, not knowing who they are, right. but not knowing how to control that anger. Right. Because when you come from some place, you have a lot of things inside of you. Right. And if you have not had someone to show you how to deal with those, you do it the only way you know how. Right. You say something crazy, you don't catch these hands. Of course, they call that the skippy paps. Yeah. <laughs> you might yeah. catch some of those, right? Yeah. But what I found out is me, I was looking for someone to tell me good job. Right. When you, when you work so hard and you look around and no one tells you good job. Talk to me. It can influence you to do something different because you feel you're not appreciated. Right. So one thing I offered up to myself, I had a commander tell me. He say, I'm looking at your record. I'm looking at these things people are accusing you of, but that's not who I see, so tell me what's up. And that commander was transparent enough to listen. I had like nine supervisors, one yeah. on paper, but no one ever cared to right. say, hey, man, how you really doing? Right. But I look for that. But I can say the influence that individuals can have on a young person that's coming from an area that's not used to that type of climate is just, it's powerful. Because here I am 18 years later out of St. Louis, Missouri, right, doing a thing and causing a change across the board where I have those things to take with me. And you, and you make a great point. You know, like, so I look at that, I think about that commander because the commander at the time when he decided to keep me in, he did tell me, you know, you're really good at the job, man. If you mm -hmm. clean this stuff up outside of work, man, you, man, you own us something. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when he gave me that shot, you know, not only was it my parents and my grandma, but it was actually that commander. So I was like, man, I gotta, I got, I gotta make sure I let everyone know that he made the right call, you know, by, by believing in somebody, you know, that, that he shouldn't have believed in and, and being able to do that and, you know, like that's that stuff do give you a joint of confidence when somebody just sitting there want to listen to you and 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 say you're doing a good job and and things like that. So, no doubt, man. 
So question that I so when we talk about development on this podcast, so um being that where you came from, overcome everything that you did, what tip what uh, what tip would you give somebody that's going through the same like com- come from the same background as you, as far as hey this is the first thing you need to do when it comes to your development. Well, the first thing you need to do is know who you are, man. Like that's you got to really like know who you are. You got and that takes time. So for me, like using myself as an example, like I didn't really identify who I was till I was 25, man. I had been in the military for five years. Like, and I didn't really understand or identify exactly with who I was because when I first joined, I was still trying to identify that. And then once I finally identified who I was, what my strengths and weaknesses are, and when I kind of woke up one day and was like, you know what? I'm about to go in the day and I'm going to be myself, man. Hey, man, I like Jay-Z. I like Hennessy. I like barbecue chicken, man. <laughs> and I like, cool. I like. All good things. I like, right. I like. <laughs> hey, yo, yo. I like, I like Chicago sports. And, you know, I, I came to work one day and after like two weeks, I'm like, man, this, this, it's working. Yeah. Like, like me being myself is really working. And in turn, when I started doing that, I started to realize on the opposite end of somebody who wasn't like me, they was more comfortable. Because mm. I was sitting back, you know, and I was, because I wasn't comfortable around them, I was just quiet. Mm-hmm. I would just sit back, like, on some straight up in a corner, like, man, F y'all, man. <laughs> y'all do what y'all do, yeah. I'm going to do what I do. And then when I started opening up, I started finding, like, some of those commonalities. You know, like football, for instance. Like, like that ain't nothing, got nothing to do with race or nothing to do with background or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like. You like the Rams. I like the Bears. You know, we can sit there, there and, and, and talk to suck. each other. And then we kind of find that common ground. And and again, like, and then, you know, like with some of the like younger guys, you know, when they will see like that I will be open about being exactly who I was. Like I became a magnet. I'm a mm-hmm. magnet, man. to people that come from backgrounds like me, like, I don't know what it is, but like they, they, they gravitate. That's a game, recognized game too, right? On the real, and, and people gravitate to what's you know what's real for real. You know, right. if they see right. that you are genuine, because you got these people that reinvent themselves in a whole nother way. Right. That they come from these areas and they forget all about that, and then they look at you like, how could you be like this? Yeah. Instead of recognizing, I understand why you are like that. Yeah, you know, and you said something that was real key, not just about the. You know the best football team in the world, Detroit Lions. But you also, uh, <laughs> hey, any of y'all, any of y'all make the playoffs this year? Did any, did any of y'all teams make the playoffs? Hey, hey, all right, all right. Hey man, can you dig it? None of y'all made the playoffs. Listen, going with your game. Hey, bring it down. All right, oh, bring man, it down. Man. All right, so listen. But no, what, what I wanted, to, what I wanted to talk to you about was something that you said. I believe was very profound as far as knowing who you are. Right. But the question is, how do you explain who you are to individuals that don't know you? You get what I mean? Because, yeah. for example, I can. You know, I, I like Jay-Z, too. I like all that, too. And, and mm-hmm. parts of Detroit, parts of, you know, everywhere that I've been, yeah. my culture helped me to be who I am. But how do you articulate that to a uh, a group of individuals or a totally different culture just so you can feel comfortable? Because you can always be comfortable where you are, but to let them know that it's okay. Well, in a multitude of ways, like, be honest with you, I... 
A lot of times I don't. I just do it through my actions. Okay. I do it through my actions, you know, um, and and just the way that I carry myself and things like that. Now, when I was a squadron superintendent, what I used to do is I, I used to always have them all come in one by one, and I would give them my story. I would give them my story and my background. I go through the Article 15 and, and all of the struggles. I go through my background, and I, I, I really think it's important that they know my story. And, and I do it that way, but probably the last three, four years of my career, it's through my actions. You know, like um, even my social media page, like I, that is an outlet for me to, to be relatable Thank and be you. myself. You know, I use that to show people, you know, like, like, dude, you, like I got all these stripes on or whatever, but man, I'm a, I bleed like you, man. I'm a person and I got, I got things that I'm passionate about and I got things that, you know, that I want to do and kind of go from there. And then people just kind of see it. That, that's, that's important. But if you have to give some some knowledge to individuals that are at that higher tier, how could they best influence change by not mimicking, but taking on some of those tangibles that you utilize to reach people to become more relatable? What information do you think you can post to them on how they can do better as leaders? Well, so along with along with knowing yourself, you know, you got to, man, you got to have a vision, man. Like, like, you know, like, a vision like that, where you want to be in life. Like you got to be where you at, but you got to be able to express a vision on where you want to go um, and the things that you want to do. And you got to win, man. Like again, at the end of the day, I had to win is the reason that my words that you all hear is like, like real. Like if I wasn't out here winning and I didn't, and I didn't make that vision and those goals and I ain't go out there and go get it then the things that I'm saying don't really resonate. So you got to, you got to be able to have like that, that vision, have those goals, be very tactical, you know, in your way you go by your day to day, but be strategic and want to get to where you want to get in life. And then when you do that, and then when you win, it's just too easy, man. That's good. Hey, well, listen, everybody, I want to give you guys a, a chance to give the chief chief woods him, you know y'all can give him a call look the number is 618-792-6747 again the number is 618-792-6747 and if you're on live you can list your questions out there yo and and, and make sure you you get this hold on i think we got some what yeah, we got? I do um first aretha aretha boston Aretha Boston, um, I think, is very prevalent in the African American folks to, because no one taught. I don't know, do that shorthand stuff because no one taught <laughs> us how to use that anger in a productive way. And then Ashley Jackson, this is a question I really wanted to ask too. Ashley Jackson, have you reached back to your community in which you come from, to the young man, men and women, to inspire them and let them know that it's more to life than more to life and motivate them. Now, you know what, man? I'm embarrassed to admit I haven't. But, you know, um, so we wait, ain't nobody in this world perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody's perfect, and we have these goals. And, like, so I've hit the third phase of my career. So I'm hitting that 20-year point. And I can do 10 more if I want to. That's a different discussion. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but in that phase, what I want to do is um, I'm actually uh, talking to the recruiter assistants right now, the, the rap program. And as a chief, I want to be able to get on that program and go back to Chicago and be like, look, dude, 
It ain't all about basketball, football, and sports or going to UPS. You know what? You can do this. And look, check this out, man. I'm, I got everything that everybody else got. I'm working a regular job, you know, and, uh, and, and show them a little bit of that. But I haven't did it really at this point in my career. I really want to start doing it. I want to be a little bit more socially conscious and getting out in the communities. Now, I've did it through some of the, the outlets, you know, in the military, but I want to do more. I ain't did enough. Like, like mm. from my perspective, I want to yeah. do a lot more because I know I got a lot that I can give to individuals in the community. They need to see people like uh, us, everyone in this room. Mm -hmm. They need to see that success. You know what, Chief? And, and I'm going to call you on that, too, just to let you know that we're planning to do that as a unit. And yeah. I would like to invite you because what we can do is go into a room and communicate with yeah. the, youth, the youth and let them know, hey, this young man, he's been there for 20 years. This is what he do. And this young man's been there for 20 years. And this is what he do. Right. So you have different paths. Right. Right. And each path can still lead to success. Right. And, mm -hmm. and people don't understand it. And this is yeah. a good caveat to go into the next subject, which we're going to be talking about later yeah. on, as far as getting a trade and, and, and getting those, those skills, but we will be doing that in the future. And you're right. more than uh, happy, you know, oh, man, uh, man. welcome to come with us, you know, and getting in East St. Louis and then going in St. Louis and getting that in. But we got another question. Right? I just can't so, wear that shirt, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, rock the shirt. Because hey, I'm always rocking this hat. Yeah, I got more of these, so, man. From, from Aretha Boston, she asked this. Um, being that you had an Article 15 right. and that you're open, uh, have a pretty open book, do you feel like when you share that with people, that people look at you negatively? Oh, yo, it's like gold, man. Like I, I wear that article 15, like a badge of honor, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, look, look at me, man. Like I almost got kicked out and I made chief in 17, man. How many people can say that? That's right. And then, you know, when, when they, when they see that again, that relatability piece, which I'm very passionate about, like if it's one thing I'm passionate about as a leader is I want to be relatable. I want people to not look at me like some dude that, they can't achieve them goals. I want them to look at me like, man, just like me, man, I can do this. That's it. I agree. I, I can I can do this. Yeah. So so I, I wear like a badge of honor. You ain't going to meet too many people that really know me that don't know that story. Because I tell everybody that story about when I had to fight for my career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and because I didn't want to go back to the neighborhood. I'm, I'm prideful of being from the West Side, but I ain't want to go back. So it's like. Being being from the hood, I mean, yeah. people know your struggle, your trials. Right. They know that they didn't just pin chief on you. No, nah. you know I mean that. Now nah, we you, went out and we had to go through something to get there, right? Now nah, we went out and snatched that thing, man. Nobody go. gave us nothing. That's right. That's right. Hey, and before we go into the next question, want to ask anybody in the audience got a question they want to ask chief live on air? Y'all can do it. Get up, come on. You can come on. You don't want to do it. All right, you have funny <laughs> style. What about you, young man? You got any questions you want to ask the chief? I know it's your first time coming to the den and everything, but what do you think about this so far? Pretty inspirational? Yeah. All right. Uh-oh, hold on one moment. All right, so we got a call coming in. Who's calling? Uh, Chris. Chris. Where are you calling from, Chris? Uh, Navarre. Oh, Navarre, okay. Navarre, Florida. Oh, all right, Florida. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You, up, you're live. Welcome to the Chris? Lions Den. Oh. You got to uh, ask Chief a question? Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I got a question. Um. Why do uh, leadership sometimes be so quick to give up on the airmen than to actually take the time to help them, you know, work through their issues? Like, sometimes they have the mentality like, well, if you don't want to be here, then I'm going to help you, you know, help you on your way out to the military. Mm -hmm. 
Man, that's a great question, man. You know, um, it's so. So I'm about to get real Air Force on y'all for a sec, man. Don't I'm about to, blue. I mean, you I mean, I'm about blue. to, hey man, I gotta, oh I gotta keep it real, God, yo. Man, no, no, gotta, why you calling, <laughs> asking this question, bro? We want to get real. We don't want hey, nothing man. from no, the Browns. You gonna talk book. about the AFI right now, hey, man? Yeah. Hey man, here come, yo, here come, Chief Throwback, man. I'm about, I'm about to give you a little bit of Chief Throwback. So culturally, you know, um, so in the early 2000, like 2010, like so, we had a lot of force management issues where we had to release, you know a lot of people from the military. So one of the key things about me when they had a little bit of patience with me, like we was a totally different force at the time. We was a force where, you know, like we were, we want to keep as many people as we can, but then we got to a point where we had to start cutting people. Mm -hmm. So when they started cutting people, that threshold got a lot less. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I would have kicked me out. And I'm 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 cool as a fan, man. Like I, I I believe in a lot of people and would give them chance after chance. But I was on chance like number eight, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but here's the thing, you know. A lot of times, you know, what we struggle with as as an air force and what we need to get right is along those lines when we are having that process where we administratively separating people or whatnot. Like we still gotta care about those individuals there you go. Mm, there you go. and. I don't use it as a negative because I think it's a trait that's very difficult to do. You know, like, like it's difficult for a parent to give you like a, a spanking and still show that they care. Like it's something that it's only a few people that master the, the art of being able to say, you know what, you did some wrong, but I'm still here for you. And, you know, we got to teach ourselves to be able to do that better and do that along the way. Because when you do that, you know, even if they do walk away, you know, they walk away knowing that, you know, he or she got my best interest in mind. There you go. Hey, I want to thank you for calling in, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, Chris. All right, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So, I'm sorry. We got somebody else? Another question? All right. You have a question? Oh, that was your question. Okay, good. All right. So, listen, I want to thank you, Yo. brother. I want to thank Yo. you for coming in and everything. Hey, you know, man, because, the lion's den was what's up, You didn't man. have to, you know. You yeah. could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here, you know. Hey, like, like you know, like Hove said, but I, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I really man. do. And you're always welcome. And we want to make sure that everybody... Uh, see you and 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 reach out to you if they have any uh, questions for you. Now, what's your Facebook page? Because uh, I'm so, sure you, uh, so, you, you're so, not so. close to individuals reaching out to you, correct? No, no, I'm not, man. You know what? Um, Ronnie Woods. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all of it. I don't say no to anybody that want to follow me, mm-hmm. but I don't ask. You yeah, know what I mean? Know. So uh, reach out to me. If you don't want to follow me, you can always hit me up on the messenger. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm totally open to this. Mm-hmm. I want to give, like, this 20 years and and these successes and these failures, you know, I want to give it back. There you know, go. um, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be 100. You know, I'm a, and some people don't want to hear that. And, and that's cool. But, you know, before I leave, I want to tell you all, thank you for having me on. Because uh, one of the things about me being relatable, doing stuff like this only helps that. That's you right, know, man. so I really do appreciate you all um, bringing me on and, and let me chill and chop it up with you all. And, and I wish y'all so much success moving forward. Mm-hmm. Y'all got my full support. Hey, man, y'all on to something big, man. Keep doing it, man. The Lions then. <laughs> oh, up in the building. Up in the building. Up in the building. Hey, but listen, we thank you, brother. We do thank you. Yeah. So, so we're getting ready to transition, though. We're going to transition. But before we do, I want to give a special shout-out to our sponsor, the Kevlar's Grill. 
Oh my goodness. Hey, the Kevlar's Grill, Kevlar's Grill. Make sure y'all check them out there. 1516 Old State Route. Uh, 158 and that's in Belleville so if you're at Scott Air Force Base that's right out the back gate all right and so it's inside the VFW make sure you go inside the VFW that's where they're located and they have Grubhub so if you want to act funny and be lazy holler at them okay <laughs> you can holler at them and the number go to their website everything is there they're so very much uh, accessible very friendly all types of food and, and everything so I want to make sure you guys know about their special they have daily specials okay they got the daily specials and they're only nine dollars okay but yeah make sure that y'all do this and y'all go and check out the um the kevlar's grill and don't forget first and third sunday first and third sunday is the brunch the brunch well how's that brunch bro i'm still feeling it i ain't eating <laughs> nothing else all man day. listen nah, went to the brunch went to sleep woke up forgot what day it was right. it was ridiculous but anyway special shout out to them and we will be right back like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now the lion's den podcast is made possible by listeners like you thank you for your support now back to the show Yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the lion's den. So this second half, we're going to be discussing college versus trade schools. All right. So we got my man's uh, Larry. Well, how are you feeling, man? Hey, I'm feeling good. All I right. love this topic. All right. We got Larry. Then we got the Ceramic King in the building. What's going on, Ceramic King? Yeah, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? All right. Come on up closer to the mic. All right, what's going on, Seth? All right, man, nothing much. And then we also have Miss Yolanda Woods. How are you, ma'am? Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. Fa I ain't heard that bro, since the 80s. Okay. I should, I should use that one. Bruh. All right. And then we got representing the uh the 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 almighty cues up in the building. We got the uh, big Al in the building. How you feeling, brother? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> good, good, good. So all right, so the first thing first, I want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming. And um, we here at the Lions Den, and I'm speaking for everyone when I say I appreciate what you guys do in the community. Because if it wasn't for organizations and individuals like you, we would not be able to um, connect our youth to other options. Okay, so we're going to go around with starting with you, brother, you know, introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do and your why. I'm Arianne Johnson, uh, owner of Ceramic King at Home Improvement. Um, also founder of Ceramic King Academy. Uh, I'm a carpenter by trade, but um, I love my trade. I trade because so many houses of business out here. How can I go broke? I mean, everybody can't go to school, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Everybody could go to school and be in debt. And I mean, so I need doctors to get well, but on, on my end, the light got to come on or the fool's got to be repaired and somebody got to do it. And these days, time I see the trade, man, it ain't there no more. Mm -hmm. Like, I be wanting to trade hours with people that ain't there. Even the, the kids just don't know what a trade is because they don't see it all the time. They just want to be rappers or they just want to be, you know, computer technologists because that's what they see. They see more people like me, or they can hear podcasts like this. They can open up their knowledge of what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And their options. Their options. Options, absolutely. And Miss Yolanda. Yes. So, you, also, everyone, want to let you know, not only is she the president 
of Tuskegee Airmen, uh, the, the chapter in St. Louis, but she's also a uh, Toastmaster master mm. and and very uh, advocate. Uh, she's an advocate for that professional speaking. But what are your thoughts as far as the college versus trade school. So what, what are your thoughts? Well, I come from it from a very unique perspective. As a Tuskegee Airman, a lot of people think there's a thousand pilots or 450 who went to combat, and that's all they are for Tuskegee Airmen. But the Tuskegee Airmen actually number in around 18,000, mm-hmm. around 10 to 15 people per pilot. So there were maintenance people and parachute packers mm-hmm. and administrators and a whole bunch of people that help them fly their airplanes. So it doesn't matter if we're coming from a trade possession um, area from their houses, but if you want to know where the next careers may be, there are a lot of hands-on jobs that are going to be required to become the next pilot, air traffic controllers, stewardess, and other whole field. And there's some scholarships that we're going to share today yes. that help you do that. Yes, 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 yes. And so we're going to get back to that. So brother, Explain to me not just what you've learned and the importance of it, but how are you giving back to the community? Uh, what I learned, the most I learned was hands-on. I learned that I can read everything in a book, but hands-on, I understand it more. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm giving back for it's like I got a trade school where I'm teaching people to trade, teaching people there's a better way of living that you can control your own finances. Mm-hmm. Like even at youth from age six, 16 to 21, I teach a trade 100% free. You know, I teach them how to do floors. Wait, hold on, wait, wait. Say it again so for the people in the back. How much is that? 100% free. 100% free. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to understand how much a trade school can be. Getting that uh, traditional learning, it's upwards to hundred to $200,000 to get that. And you are giving that for free. Why? Why are you doing that? Uh. To be honest, I did an experiment with myself, and, and I got younger cousins and stuff. And, and no, they don't, they look at, like, the program I went through was St. Louis Job Corps. Mm-hmm. But the way my society looking at Job Corps, like, it's a bad thing. But I, I don't owe nothing to student loans. I mean, it was free. I learned a carpentry trade. and But they don't want to go there, so I just try to see how can I better help them. So if I do it on a different, different scene where they're comfortable with it and show them the trade and show them where, how it's helping me, how I'm, I don't have a house no, I don't have a car no, no like this, and it's legal money. So I said if I show them a better way that they can understand them more. So I let them come to the job sites with me to see it or just to show them that after you read that tape measure, which you already learned in third grade, that it's easy. It's just a different way of cutting it. Why this tool here, you know, because anywhere it goes and you do work and then go through the grapevine. It is gonna be good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean I've been out here twelve years, so you can't have nothing to go through bad because Congratulations. people are gonna talk. Mm-hmm. And you and you want your name to be good out there. So no. I'm Ceramic King. I stand behind it. I got Ceramic King Academy, which I want to, I had a goal, which I'm still like, I just needed a voice. I want to teach 100 people, 100 black men to trade in 2020. Mm. Like, even if it's something simple, just laying a ceramic floor mm-hmm. or laying a wood floor. Mm-hmm. Like, people patch holes in apartments all day and make good money. Mm-hmm. Like, you ain't got to learn everything. You just learn something. Mm-hmm. It's going to keep you going. But it's like, if you look outside, it's too many houses and businesses that ever go broke. Mm-hmm. You just change your price to the community. Oh, that's good. That's good. What you got? Um, for me and how I relate to this topic is, you know, I'm a big believer in education. So for me, I took the college route then I decided to join the Air Force. But when I joined the Air Force, I really wanted to learn a trade. So I was advocating for HVAC. Uh, I wanted to learn something to where I can apply it in my personal life because I was only going to do four years in the military and get out. 
but my my life took a different route and I ended up just chasing my degree and just doing my thing in the Air Force but I'm an advocate for trade school as well because not everybody's meant to be or not everybody is is a college you know academic type person some people just want to learn something with their hands right so sure. I'm an advocate for both routes you you figure it out and then you accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do on that route well, so Ms. Yo, got a question for you. Yeah. How how does the organization that you, uh, being the president of Tuskegee Airmen, how do they give back? We give back in a lot of ways. So, and it doesn't, it starts as early as a six-year-old. I want to get a six-year-old up in an airplane because if I fly him in an airplane, then I, I can expand his horizons. And there's lots of little stories because if you fly an airplane, what else can you do? And if you fly an airplane, you fly over a house, and in that house, which is maybe two inches tall from way up there, there's a person in that house. And that person may tell you, you can't succeed, but then I can tell you, are you going to let somebody that big, you know, <laughs> one inch tall, get in the way? <laughs> so, one, we partner with organizations that have, um, they're called Young Eagles, where you can fly for free, sometimes even get a lunch for free. All you have to do is bring your kid out to the runway to fly. And we get some kids that'll come out there. My mama doesn't let me do it because she hasn't been in the airplane. I'm going, mm. we got to get out of the way of some of our kids. There we go. We also have programs where Southwest Airlines continuing the legacy. They will fly a kid and a parent from sixth grade to undergraduate college students down to Texas for a weekend. Mm -hmm. And they get to explore the entire Southwest world. Wow. And Southwest pays for airfare and hotel and the meals for the kids. We have scholarships for high school seniors. Last year, we provided a three-week program for one kid to go solo on airplane, from no to solo, all on the dime of an ACE camp. This year, da -da 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 -da, mm -hmm. there is a partnership with SLU. They have a five-day aviation camp. It normally costs $800. The Hugh J. White chapter, plus one other person who's going to be a sponsor, is has two scholarships. So... They can go to SLU um, and look up the aviation camp at Park. It's a residential, five days. They can apply online, and then they can send us a note and contact me through the Tuskegee Airmen STL website. And two kids will get to go on our dime and represent the Tuskegee Airmen. So it's going to be the exact same application, but they have to answer one extra question. Mm -hmm. How are they going to represent the Tuskegee Airmen legacy? Mm. Because mm. I don't want to give my money to a kid who doesn't know who's given him the money. There you go. There but you go. that's just one of the opportunities we have, and they can follow up on them if they go to the Tuskegee Airmen website because I keep on putting up there, here's another opportunity, here's another opportunity. And I'm sad when I have an opportunity for kids to fly, and we send home the pilots early that, by the way, look like us mm -hmm. because there's not enough kids to take advantage of a free flight. I understand. That's pitiful. We understand. need to get better than that. Right. Wow. Wow. So to pivot to you, Big Al, so explain to me what the Qs are doing and, and how do they give back to the community? Because it, it, there's a stigma out there that, you know, y'all get it in and that's it, right? You go, you pledge, and, and I'm a Q and I'm partying until I die. That's it. But <laughs> so this is the time to really uh, elaborate more on what the Qs actually do within the community. What do they do? So... Starting out, the name of the fraternity is Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity There you go. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I am part of the New Chi chapter, East St. Louis grad chapter. So that is the stigma that's out there. But 
we do do more. So, like, we have a program which I'm a part of called Project Manhood, where we mentor young men from ages 8 to 18. And so what we do is that we uh, prepare them for college life, uh, help them with SAT and ACT testing. Um, We also help them, you know, with um, life skills. You know, we we take them on outings. Uh, We have uh, a chess club where they, they play chess. We just had a chess tournament this past Saturday. Um, we also give out scholarships as well. Um, we have, I think we've given out like about eight scholarships in our last um, Founders Day banquet uh, where um, children um, get essays, and um, that's how they earn their scholarship okay. um, through the foundation, through um, Project Manhood Foundation. Um, we always uh, are doing things with these young men, and uh, it's open to the public. Um, we meet at the Mary Brown Center in uh, East St. Louis. Uh, the, the address escapes me, so please forgive me. But um, you're more than welcome to come and, uh, and be a part. If you have a young man who uh, needs a little guidance, you know, who needs some uh, male structure, we're there to do that, okay. you know, and we, we do that willingly. You know, we want to do that. We want to help them. Okay. All right, that's good. Well, look, switching over to you, uh, Ceramic King, right? Yes, sir. So is there a thought process that you only, because I know with the with your organization, uh, Al, you focus on the young men, but what about your uh, organization or your business are there any young ladies or is it opportunity for the young ladies that may be interested in carpentry how do you um you know how do you deal with that or do you open it up general to any any youth or do you just target the young man well ceramic king academy that was just the free i do teach it uh different courses like a 90 dollar course for ceramic tile mm-hmm. that's for women men and anybody mm-hmm. just the um I was focusing more on the youth because they just lost. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it's an easier way that I can, I can teach them without them having to go get a traditional four-year degree, which is nothing wrong with it, but it's it's an easier way to do it. Mm-hmm. I got, um, like, I'm coming up with someone with uh, a lady, can't remember her name, but I'm doing a women course. It was like the second week of, second week of March. We're going to be a women's in carpentry, like ceramic tile. They do their own backsplashes. And That's awesome. Can, I can charge you yeah. 50 to come and do it, or you can. Congratulations, you know, though. Seriously, yeah. that's real good. Or you can come, good. And, come and learn it and see that it's nothing just a system. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get the system down packed and, and do it the same way it's supposed to be done and don't try to cut corners, it's, it's actually not that hard. Mm-hmm. And just always keep that tape measure on you. It's, it's easy. Okay. I just, people give me the opportunity, just come to my job sites and just to see the job, and you'll be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like, but like she was saying earlier, people, when I ask the teams for free, they don't bring their they kids out. And I get discouraged sometimes. I'm like, they ain't even bringing their kids out, and it's easy. They can they can go patch a hole from there if they can get their deposit back in their apartments or something. Mm-hmm. But our thought process has to change in some in some. That's the key. That's the key. Absolutely, and and I believe that that's absolutely right. Go go ahead. You got something now? Go ahead. You know, and another thing too, like with uh, trades, a lot of people think that trades, you know, you really don't uh, make money. You can make oh, a lot of money yes, yes. in a trade. I mean, sometimes, 
sometimes I just think about that. I'll be like, man, I spent all that money going to college to get this degree. And this dude over here getting paid. Mm -hmm. I'm in the wrong field. (laughs) Right, right. right. But it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know. And that's that's all about you not knowing. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't ask, you're not going to know. Stop being afraid to ask a question. Don't worry about your friends looking at you saying, oh, that's dumb, or you dumb, or that's a stupid question. Don't worry about that. Ask the question you want to ask. You will get the answer that you need, and you can press forward. While they sitting over there laughing, thinking that you dumb, but you're not. You're trying to get the message for yourself, the information for yourself. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Miss Yo, what about what about you as far as or the Tuskegee Airmen? Are there individuals that the youth can see that they can relate to, not just the men, uh, pilots, like female pilots? And well, we have a whole range that you have to understand. Tuskegee Airmen are not just black men; mm-hmm. they're women, they're officers, they're enlisted, they're civilians. There were five Haitian pilots, so they're even American and non-Americans, and they had a whole range of career fields. There's a good joke that says. You know, a, a doctor called the plumber, and the plumber went upstairs to fix the bathroom in his mansion and shut the door, rattled the pipes for two hours, and came out and said, that's $400. And the pilot said, or the doctor says, I can't handle that. He goes, I know, I was a doctor last week. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. we have to change our perspectives. The Tuskegee Airmen had all those jobs. And so there, there is no bad job. It's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we have to do, I go out and speak to a lot of schools, from elementary all the way to college and to um, grown folks. And it's always funny because at sixth grade, up to sixth grade, a lot of times we used to see people and says, I want to be this when I grow up. It might be a teacher, maybe the plumber, maybe the janitor. It was whoever they saw. And then around seventh grade, they start saying, oh, I think that might be too hard. And around high school, they stop asking questions. We have to engage our youth and say, what do you want to be? Because if the, nowadays they don't even have an answer. And we got to get them to say, I, I, I don't know. Guys sometimes say they want to be a basketball player. Girls say they want to be a beautician. Both of them are possibilities, but they have to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. And we've got to ask them, oh, you want to be a basketball player? Great. Did you do any push-ups today? Did you do any layups? Did you do any sit-ups? Did you eat any vegetables? You want to be a beautician. Do you know what lie will do to that person's head? Mm-hmm. We've got to start engaging them and exposing them to different career fields. Because if we do, they will find out that they have some skill sets that they didn't know about. And the Tuskegee Airmen provide lots of role models. I mean, if you watch the Super Bowl, you saw Charles McGee. Mm -hmm. Yes. He flew an airplane at 100. Mm -hmm. Um, He just spoke to NASA. And I wouldn't be surprised if next week he's in space. Ah, Man's Mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. But he's not the only Tuskegee Airman who's reached it. We have lawyers and judges and plumbers, the whole range of career fields that after they served in the military, they went on. I was a major in the Air Force. Now I'm a personal trainer. So Mm -hmm. now I get to um, use my skill set just to tell you what to do, Mm -hmm. which is fun. Mm -hmm. I have to admit I enjoy. (laughs) But I didn't need a degree to become a personal trainer. I just had to have a certificate. But it's my passion, and I think that's what we have to find. You need to find your passion because then it's not going to a job. It's going to do something that you love. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Let me, I'm going to back what she's saying. It's what they see. They just see beauticians and they just see basketball players. We're not exposing them to what they need to be exposed to. 
and, and I, I, I'm I'm firm believer on that. Come on up. Sir. We're not exposing him what they need to be exposed to. Like my son said, he want to play basketball. Yeah, I tell him when I was his age, I didn't know nothing about ceramic. I ain't know what ceramic was. No one ever showed me that. That's all I seen was basketball players. You know, beauticians. Only people I seen was succeeding in life was basketball players. I didn't I didn't know that that, that plumber he might be dirty, but he he making good money, like excellent money. I mean, I, I understand that at times because people didn't show me those things. But now I'm seeing things and. I'm understanding, like, I can get a, I can get a call, I can get a Facebook message, or somebody can tag me something on a Monday, and by Wednesday, I done made $1,500 after that job, because it don't take me three or four days to do it. I know how to systematically do it in a, in a timely manner where I can make that money quick, but it's like, I had to learn it. I had to be interested in it, but if I, w- if I was interested in it as a teen, I, I don't know where, I, I'm 30 right now, I'd be way beyond where I need to be at right now, but that's why I want to expose the youth to understand, like, it's more than a nail than a hammer. You gotta use a nail and hammer. We can get read this video and you can use the, the aromatic gun. Make it easier and quicker. I mean, we just gotta stop cutting corners and expose our kids to more and you know, he can build your house. I mean, he ain't gotta draw he ain't gotta be the one drawing it. Your other son could draw it up and he can build it. Definitely. There are a lot of opportunities out there. For instance, Boeing has a short there's a shortage of pilots and there's United and Delta are trying to train people to be pilots. Boeing has a shortage of people to build the airplanes, to go from 2D to 3D drawings. So there are some opportunities out there, and if you have the skill set to do that, you could write your own ticket. There are opportunities out there. Are you willing to work for it? That's the key. Are you willing to work for it? And, and listen, and great points. I just want to open it up and make sure everybody know if you have a question that you want to ask a panel, the number is 618-792-6747. Again, the number is 618-792-6747. But we got any questions on live? I think I, I, got, a, I got a statement mm-hmm. question, depending on how you look at it. It's from uh, Nicholas Jackson. He said, what it's up, not, Nick? He said, it's not a question, just more of a statement. But we can chime in on it, obviously. He said, to me, what are you doing to advance and be great? Whether it's trade or college, in my opinion, as long as you're setting yourself up for success and working towards your goal, then you're great in my book. Everyone has a purpose and a passion in what they do. If everyone did the same thing, it would be boring. And then he talked about, he had another statement that says, why can't you do both? You can. The, uh, I met an alderman one time. He was in Chicago, and he, it was the old days when you could walk to the airplane. And he said he was walking to the airplane and he was wearing a suit because that's how we used to travel in the old days. And somebody (laughs) said, some little old lady needed help. So he helped her carry the luggage to the curb. And somebody says, I'm running late, I'm running late, can you help me? And he goes, sure. And he carried her luggage to the airplane and he goes, she goes, I hope I'll get there on time. And he goes, I hope so too since I'm on that flight. Somebody had assumed he was a bag boy, but he wasn't. He was you know, the alderman. So he had a position. The person who's shining the shoes, if you shine shoes for $10 and you do six shoes in an hour, you're making $60. That is much more than I'm making it as a personal trainer, let me just tell you right now. (laughs) So it's a question of quality, finding your passion, and getting the skills. And if you work really hard, I I, I go to schools, and and I'm going to be blunt. Mm -hmm. There are three ways to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. You could have a skill set. You can lay tile marvelously. You could sing marvelously. That's a skill set. You could work harder than anybody in the world. You could dig that ditch better than anybody else. Or you could have brains. But if you don't have brains, some knowledge base, you don't have a skill set, or you don't have the work ethic, then we have a problem. 
But I tell you, I have a foot that halfway up your backside can fix some of those. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, hold on. Look. Hey, look. Hey, so we got to call in. Nate, you there? Yes, I'm here. How you all doing? Hey, we're doing good. There we go. Hey, welcome for calling, brother. Go ahead. You got a uh, question for the panel? Absolutely. And it's definitely great information, and I appreciate those individuals taking the time out of their day to present uh, their information. My thing is um, mentorship is so important, and I know that I've been, I've, I'm part of the system where Upward Bound, I partake in Upward Bound. They really brought in a lot of information, especially speaking on trades and things of that nature. But what are we doing as far as the state uh, institution to build vocational schools, such as uh, aeronautical schools, engineering schools, especially within those, within those communities out of East St. Louis? And what are we doing to get the information out? Because it starts with us producing the curriculum and advancing that, especially with STEM being a high priority. Hey, good question, brother. Hold on one minute. Hey, wait, hey, thanks for calling, though, Big Nate. I'm going to holler at you on the flip-flop. They're about to answer, okay? I'm All right, now. Okay. So what I can say from um, the Omega perspective, you know, we find out the interests of the young men, and then we can go out and get people who are in those fields. So throughout our organization, throughout our fraternity, we have a lot of educated black men. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have, um, you know, um, people who are in the military who are high ranking, you know, officers, um, enlisted, you know, the list goes on and on. And people like to call fraternities and sororities, um, legalized gangs, what they want to call us. <laughs> but what they fail to realize is, is that this is a big networking tool. It goes across the country, really across the world. And you can find an Omega in every state and city. Same thing with the other Divine Nine is what it's called. So when you join an organization of this magnitude, it's not about like everyone thinks that the Omegas, AKA the Q's, all we do is party. No, we know how to throw a good party, but we're also educated because in order to throw a good party, you got to know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So again, again, it comes back to education and education doesn't always come from a school. That's right. Education is talking to someone who can give you that knowledge that you didn't know. I learn stuff every day. You know, this right here, doing what you're doing. It's a podcast. It's new. It's booming. A lot of people are doing it now. I come from the radio world. A lot of people don't know that. People see me, and then they'll see all these people talking to me, and they'll be like, who is that dude? Who is he? And those who know me, they'll be like, that's somebody you might want to know because of what he knows. And the thing of it is, they don't know I'm a name drop. I'm just do this just because I can. Mm -hmm. They don't know that me and Russell can, I can call them up on the phone and be like, yo, what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, he means Russell Simmons. (laughs) If y'all don't know that. (laughs) You know, they don't know that Mm -hmm. because they don't know me. So the thing of it is, one of the things when you talk about success, 
a lot of us are afraid of success. Mm. There are people who are very talented. I run across them all the time. One of the things I do, I A&R artists. So I can, my thing is, I'll lead you to the water, but I'm not going to make you drink it. So if you want this, you got to show me that you want it. Yeah, good point. Good Because I can't want it more than you. And that's a problem if that's the case. Exactly. So that's, that's one of the problems with our youth. They say they want something, but they're scared to go and get it. My son, for instance, he graduated school early. So he's chilling. He works. He's chilling. So he says to me, Dad, I want to take a year off from school after I graduate. I said, to do what? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I said, what are you, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. He said, well, I'm going to just work and save my money. I said, well, I tell you what. You get, you're getting out of school early. So he got out in December of last year. So I said, from December to August. That's your break. You're going to work. You're going to save your money. I told him, you save two grand, I'll match it. And we'll go get you a car. Because I'm not buying you a brand new car. That's right. That's not going to happen. Because you have to show me that you are ready for even the bucket that we're going to get. You know what? That's good. And I want to talk to, uh, yo, what do you think about that, too, as far as communicating with the youth? to let them know, or anybody that comes to you and they say, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I want you to answer, too, from your from your optics, right? But how do you say, hey, if this is what you want, here's plan A through Z, but it's up to you to do that. How do you communicate that to them? Honestly, and a little bit forthrightly, I do taxes with AARP in East St. Louis twice. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it um, for probably like five, six years, and I'll ha- I had a young couple, boyfriend, girlfriend, come down. I introduced them to the word budget, Lord help me I said there are fixed expenses and flexible expenses and I just put down an example of rent Mm -hmm. and parting and he put I forget what number he put for rent but he put $1,500 for parting I'm like you do know this is a monthly budget and he goes well those are the only two things I'm like okay we got to go back to you need to have a budget and that means rent and utilities and you have to figure out how you do this because if, if I am the first person they've talked to about a budget, about filing your taxes, about the fact that there are three retirement plans, and you can do it, the, your boss can do it, or the government can do it, and the government's plan is a supplement, it is your ice cream, it is not your steak and potatoes, then we have an issue. Because they're having financial literacy in school, but they're not paying attention. And if you want to have a job, you need to figure out what kind of lifestyle you want. Because if you don't need very much money, you don't have to work very hard. But if you want something else, then you need to do something else. Because luckily for me, I'm at Costco's Kitchen. So when they say, well, I might do it some later, I'm like, okay, look around. Some of these people did it later. You can come next year for lunch, too, and breakfast. And we now have a nice little shelter where you can sleep. The choice is yours, but you got to make that choice. You've got to be willing to ask the question. And if you don't know the answer, just listen a whole bunch. But ask the question so that you know. Because I'll tell people, I'm, I'm debt free. I paid off my house in six years. I cost Amen. the bank $96,000. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Right. And I got to retire at 42. And I want other people to be able to call in well. And the only way you call in well to your job 
is if you're prepared and you don't need it. Mm. And I don't need the paycheck. Mm. I work because I want to. Mm. Can you dig it? Hey, that's official. That's official. I love that. Now, what do you think, brother? Like, how do you communicate that to the individuals as far as letting them know, hey, this is a, a plan for you, an opportunity, but it's up to you to get it in. I let everybody, all the youth know, everybody got 24 hours in a day. Is how you do your 24 hours. I tell me personally, I don't believe that I should have to work at 45 plus. So if I'm sacrificing my 20s and 30s to be able to work, to be able to live a better life, then that's fine. People at my age, they out every weekend in the club or out of town. What are y'all celebrating? Like, like, honestly, what are you celebrating? I don't be understanding the situation, yeah. which, 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 which I, it, sometimes it get um, frustrating because you know, I can get a youth that's interested, but is the parents gonna keep bringing them? What I mean, but a parent can get a, a youth not interested in something. You know what I mean, because they, they not uh, expose them to the right people or the right sources or things like that, or you know. But my main focus with the, with the youth to me when I talk about the twenty four hours is because we can do so much in twenty four hours. Like I can, I can sit, we can sit here and we can learn the right way how to do a floor in two hours, and I can have you doing it in five hours. So you can sit there and it take you the whole twenty four hours to do it. But we if we learn things the right way and be productive about it, because we can't just do stuff to get paid. Like I have people, and I, this is how I explode people who work for me or youth who I come in. I can tell they there for just that money or they there to learn a trade. They learn learning trade is they get on my nerves with questions, which is good at the end because they need to know <laughs> they, they didn't know wh- why I'm doing it. Like, you know what I mean, why I'm doing it. So if I'm doing it wrong, I can fix it. So that that be my main issue with them. So when I see that they intrigued about the situation, I push even harder with them. I teach them how to do this, do that. I show them why they shouldn't be doing this. I teach them the tricks of the trade because I went to job corps as a carpenter. All the ceramic stuff I learned on my own. I, but I, I realized that that tape measure was like. It was like the Bible. When you can read that tape measure and take some apart and put it back together, people pay you for that. Like people actually pay good for that. And when you make your own prices, it, it's, it's a blessing. Because people don't know what stuff costs. I go to people's houses as doctors and people that's got hands and I'm putting a toilet in for $200. I'm like, do you know it's just two boats? Like, but if you can come and just look at a YouTube or come to a class <laughs> that I offer, two you, boats, you can understand that it's, it's, it's easy money. And people they just don't know the, the good money in it. I'm going to be honest with you. But the youth... I don't want them to look at it as money. I want them to look at it as longevity. Mm-hmm. Because when you get like me, I'm not paying nobody to redo my kitchen or bathrooms. Not, I do all of my work myself. So the only thing I'm paying for is material. I just got one of LRA properties, and but somebody else got the same property. They cost them over hundred thousand to fix. But I'm gonna do it in forty because I'm doing all my own work. So it's just, I just encourage them to learn any trade. I don't care what it is. Just learn something. Just the way if that job get laid off or, or your boss want to make more money by moving the company to China, you got your own trade. You can be self-efficient because self-efficient is, is the best way to be. Social security yeah, is good, but is it going to be there when we get to the age? Probably it, not. It, but, but, the, but the house going to be there. He got three bathrooms. She got two bathrooms. That, that talent going to last forever. That tub going to get old. That it's gonna get, the floor is going to get walked on every day. So if you learn something as simple as a trade, any trade that you're going to always make money, that's guaranteed. Like I'm guaranteed if anything, if Home Depot shut down, I better still make money. I mean, if I if I don't have a car, if you put me in a, a city where I've never been and just show me where the Home Depot and give me a truck, I can guarantee you to make my way back and make good money because my work ethic gonna speak for itself. You know what I mean, it ain't just me teaching them. Try I want them to show them the the be a people's person with your clients. 
No, you gotta be people gotta be comfortable around you. So building relationships, you're saying. You gotta be relationships with people. You got to. If you don't be relationships with people, you'd be amazed. Like I said, they don't know who you is, but he, he the guy that I need to meet, he got he knows somebody got fifty bathrooms in a hotel. Mm-hmm. No, but if I want a people's person to open up and talk to him, we ain't uniting to save our future. Then where we at? So waiting on somebody else to to feed us. But me as a hustler, I eat when I want to eat. I mean, I get up when I, you know what I mean? Or, I, yeah. Oh, go <laughs> ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 people, I, don't, I don't want somebody to feed me. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got a system where I want to retire early, so I'm not sitting in bed past a certain time. Or, on the main, on the, if I ain't got my kids, I'm out doing some type of work because I know every hour matters. I know that somebody else, it's competition out there, but I'm not afraid of competition. I want to, I want to show people a better way. So I ain't, I, at first I said, well, I'm going to do it at school because I'm not going to train my competition. <coughs> then I thought about it. Like, it just can help me out more better. And then if I want to retire at 45, I, if I train so many people, Ceramic King even bigger. Like a franchise or, or I learned from Ceramic King. They know that I got an A plus a better business bureau. Somebody, they're going to hire him because he learned from the best. You know what? And I want to ask you all this question. I want to start with you, Big Al. And you said something, though, E, about discipline. Right. You make it a choice to get out of bed a certain time, no matter what. Right. Because that's having that hustler's heart. And mm-hmm. I can relate to that. But, Al, what do you think it takes as far as what type of discipline does it take? And, Miss, you, I want you to answer in your, your own point of view as well. What do you think as far as the discipline? Well, the discipline becomes, comes from a few areas for me. So for me, discipline came from growing up in a household where you seen your parents getting up, going to work. Um, your parents instilled that in you, your grandparents. You know, you sur- you're surrounded by that positive role model. You know, um, kids today, forgive me, <laughs> they are lazy as hell. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I tell you, my son is a, this is what I call him. Y'all have to forgive me for this. He's a last minute ass. What's a last last minute ass? A last minute ass is you know that you have to be somewhere at 7 o'clock. You're getting up. At six thirty. Oh yep. no! Yep. So my generation. So no. it's like, what are you doing? Right. You know, I have to be at work at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm up at five. I have to drive forty five minutes to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm up at five, getting myself together, out of the door at six, at work, depending on traffic, six forty five. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little early. But people want somebody to give them something versus them going to get it. Mm. Now, I'll say this. I use this, I use this, um, this term, I'm a better coach than I am player. Okay. So let's take you being on radio. Can I give you a solid on-air share? Yes, I can. But I can make you better than me. There we go. Because I'm not that interested in being on-air. My interest is being behind the scenes, controlling and uh, teaching my staff. Because I want them to excel and get all of these things. 
when you're on when you're in radio, people people instantly think, "Oh my God, he's making a lot of money." I'm gonna give you a quick story. When I was doing radio in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, it's black people there. <laughs> right, right, so right, right. I was doing radio there. I was only doing weekends, Friday and Saturday night, hosting a mix show. I was the host, the on-air talent, and I had a staff of mixers. My son's mother was at work, and she was speaking, and she was like, my on-air name was Big Al, and she was like, yeah, you know, Big Al, he was this, that, and the other. And one of her coworkers said, oh, my God. Big Al's your baby daddy? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. She was like, what is he like? She was like, I don't know, regular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people, it's the perception mm-hmm. that you're making a lot of money, which in essence, the only way you make a lot of money in radio is if you're A, a morning show host, B, an afternoon drive. Those are the two most important day parts in radio. Mm -hmm. The other is that you're a program director, operations director, or sales manager, Mm -hmm. or GM. Mm -hmm. That's where the money is. Mm -hmm. So anything else, you know, you up in there, you making your money, but you make more money doing those positions. Now, those people who are not doing those positions, you know, are doing the other day parts, they make decent money, but they make more money when they go out on location and do these remotes mm-hmm. when, when they're live from the club, gotcha. when they're live from this store, they get paid for that. The, uh, the company that is um, having you come out there, they're paying you for that. Mm-hmm. So, and they have the radio station has a flat rate that that jock has to get paid or that talent has to get paid. So, you know, discipline is from upbringing and it's also self because you have to do it. Nobody else can do it for you. So if you're going to be a disciplined individual, you have to instill or develop these skills and this mindset that, hey, this is what I want. I really want this. I want it bad. You know, when I decided to go to college, I had two choices in my head. Well, I take that back, three. It was radiologist, gynecologist, or broadcast. Hold on, wait. So I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> no, no, I, I wait, know no, where no, you no, at. Yeah, I no, know no, where you don't. at. No, you don't. Yes, no, I do. No, you don't know where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> but but since you think you do, but go ahead, go ahead. So a lot of people say, "Why gynecology?" I said, "Dude, do you know how much women have to go to the doctor?" I say, "I'm not thinking about looking at their." private parts, I'm thinking about them dollar signs. But when I found out how much science and math was involved <laughs> was like, you're in uh, radiology and gynecology, I said, hmm, radio looks real good right there now. You go. So, and that's right. what I did. Right. So, but you know, I've always had the love for music. I've been DJing for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in clubs. I've been in clubs since I was 16. Mm-hmm. I'm 51. Wow. Still wow. DJing in clubs. You know what I'm saying? You were bent up in the business. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So when people come to me and they ask me something, you know, I'm going to ask them something. Mm -hmm. Because in order for you to get something from me, you got to give me something. I dig Uh it. So, Miss Yo, what do you think as far as the discipline? What does it take? 
discipline takes determination. My father once said, and it's a quote that I, I learned all the way back when I was a little older than you. It says, if I am, he goes, if I am the best that I can be today, tomorrow I can be anything. Say, I don't, that, say that one more time so people can understand. If that. I am yeah. the best that I can be today, tomorrow I can be anything. There we go. Now, I don't have to be better than Larry. I don't have to be better than you. I have to be my best, and I have to realize that my best sometimes is not that good. Mm -hmm. But it's my best, and tomorrow I can fix it. Mm -hmm. But if I don't become my best, then tomorrow I have no choices. If you don't pay attention in school until you're a senior, you can't say, I want to go to college. If you don't note that two comes after one, then you can't read a tape measure. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a little bit of discipline. And I'll tell students, you, you want to piss off your teacher and not get in trouble? Do your homework and then ask them another question. Mm -hmm. Teach me more. Because that teacher can't go to the principal and says, little Larry wants to know why black Negroes had baseball in World War II. Mm -hmm. it, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. If you don't do your work, that just means that teacher has a weekend off. Mm. because they don't have to do any grading. Mm. So you made it very easy, and I thought you didn't like that teacher. Mm -hmm. Make that teacher's life miserable, give them something to grade. Mm. But for me, discipline was learning that I have to look myself in the mirror every day. Mm -hmm. This is the person that I have to impress. Mm -hmm. So for me, people will say, I'm, I'm just totally honest. I'm probably, you know, I'm too strict. Mm -hmm. But that meant that if I said something my commanders knew that that was going to happen. That's right. I mean, the generals love me, the majors not so much, the lieutenant colonels not so much, because they're like, can you break this rule? I'm like, the regulation says this. Did you want me to break the rule? Mm -hmm. no, you ain't supposed to ask that question. <laughs> so for me, discipline is knowing what my job requires, continually learning to do my job, and doing it to the best of my ability. And every now and then, if I made a mistake, it's like, oops, um, that airplane's about to run over that other airplane. Mm -hmm. And that happened one time, a wingtip to wingtip, don't let me watch airplanes. <laughs> but if I make a mistake, I own it. And every day I try to do my best. And if you do that, if you make a mistake, you own it. Don't make everybody look at it like, who did that? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. I did it. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm not going to do it again. So accountability. Accountability mm -hmm. and discipline for me was hand in hand. But that meant that when I retired from the Air Force, I think two or three generals showed up. Mm -hmm. God had them at my base, so that was kind of interesting. But my boss was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it in this little corner. I'm like, I don't think that'll work. Uh-oh. Hold on one minute. So we got to call in. Hello? Are you there? This is Rachel Armstrong, oh. finally listening in. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, how you feeling? How you feeling? So what's going hey, on? You got I'm a question? Good. No, this is a great topic. Um, actually, my question kind of goes back to what you asked before um, about talking with youth. And this is something I know I've talked to a few of you guys about, but I just wanted to get more advice. So when talking about determination and the lanes between school and trade school and things like that, it kind of all came down to what you're willing to do and how much you're willing to, you know, what, how much you're willing to risk. So my situation right now is I'm stuck in the lane of comfort kind of um the current job that i have in the military obviously and i'm doing really well at it but it's not what i want to do how do you how would you convince me or talk to me about how to get out of this comfort zone and 
step out on faith or say and do what I actually want to do. Hold on. Because it's not as stability. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Look, how many times we didn't have this conversation? Why are you calling <laughs> right now? No. You interrupting all this freeness. You get what I'm saying? No. The, the juices was going. Everything was good. And you calling on something. So you want to hear somebody say something else that I ain't said before. All right, hold on. You got something, Miss Yo, to answer that question? Go ahead. It is very easy to be comfortable in a tower, in a rich house, or a poor house. Because if you move out of that spot, it's uncomfortable. Yes. We understand mm. that. Can I say it? Get off your ass mm-hmm. and Say move. it. Say it one more time. <laughs> get off your ass and move. Because the difference between oh, today... Yeah. I didn't say that before, but go ahead. <laughs> the difference between today and tomorrow is the choice that you make. If you want tomorrow to be different, then make it different by making one step closer to your goal. If you're, Otherwise, you can be satisfied. The kid decides not to work. We need ditch dickers. Mm-hmm. I mean, St. Vincent de Paul needs a customer. You can be that customer. I apologize, St. Vincent de Paul, and I want you to be out of business. But if you're in the Air Force and you are not where you want to be, take a step on faith and get there. You may get someplace else, but you will know that you have tried. And when I mm. retired out of the Air Force after 20 years, they said, you, you, know, you, you don't have to retire, but we ain't going to pay you. I'm like, I'll retire. You pay me. Thank you very much. But I had choices, and the choices I had meant that I didn't have to work. It meant I don't have any regrets because I I lived on faith. I did the best that I could. And if you're not doing your best, young lady, then, again, refer to that little point where I said, I can put a foot midway somewhere up your backside. (laughs) And if that's what you need, just imagine that's what just happened. All right. Hey, what you got for Ceramic King? So now you're coming from a different perspective, right? So how would you encourage her if she's doing something that she doesn't like? You know, what would you say about that? I feel if you don't do nothing that you like in life, it ain't gonna be today, it ain't gonna be tomorrow, but it's gonna go downhill where you just gonna crash. You ain't gonna wanna do it. You're gonna give up on everything. But now when you're in a mind state of wanting to change, that's the first step. For me, change is the first step. Okay. You got it? Go ahead. So you're doing something that you don't like. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that I don't like. I work for the American Red Cross. I don't like that job. What am I doing to get out of it? I am seeking other opportunities. I am networking. I am talking to people who are versed in the profession that I want to get in. So, again, like uh, she told you, Get up off your ass and go get it. Because nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody knows what you want. Because they don't know what you want because you're not talking to them. So you got to get out there. You got to network. Surround yourself around people who are doing something that you want to do. That's how you do that. Hey, Ms. Armstrong, we appreciate you calling. Of course. Yeah. I'll be by more often. All right. And look, don't ask no more crazy questions. You didn't hurt me before. All right. We'll talk I to you later. I want to say it nice. Yeah, one whatever. All right, now. Bye. All right. Hey, so look, I do want to say we appreciate y'all, but one more time, where can people find you at, brother? Google Ceramic King at Home Improvement. Facebook, um, Instagram, that's all I got. But just Google Ceramic King. I'll pull up. Better Business Bureau and all. Better Business Bureau. You're like, Love like it. it's official. You like, like you up there, ain't you? You up there. All right. Right on. Okay. Miss Yo, where can people find you at? In the Tuskegee Airman. You can find 
you can search for Tuskegee Airmen St. Louis. You should find the Hugh J. White chapter. Mm-hmm. You can use that email to find me, mm-hmm. or you could look up my f- correct spelled name, Yolandia Dotwood at Gmail, mm-hmm. or you can look up at Workout with Yo. Workout with Yo. One word. Workout with Yo. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, and you can find me there, too. And you're a fitness uh, instructor. I'm a certified personal tra- uh, trainer at the Metroplex. Right now, I'm with Rotary. I'm with Qantas. So if you have a career that you're trying to figure out, wake up Wednesday morning, meet me at the old Fallon Township building. I'll buy breakfast for you, and you can meet a whole bunch of people doing a variety of things with Rotary. Wow. Absolutely. A free breakfast. Uh, look, see, you only heard the breakfast. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Miss Yo. Miss Yo. All right. What you got, Big Al? Uh, just want to let y'all know that uh, March 7th, yes, the Mighty Men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity mm-hmm. Incorporated, mm-hmm. New Chi Chapter, East St. Louis, will be hosting our third annual Mardi Gras party at St. Louis Lambert Airport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is yes. inside the yes. airport. Yes. What is it? Terminal B? Concourse B. Concourse B, right. Concourse right. B. Mm-hmm. We were the first to ever do it, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep doing it. Right on. At the airport. At the airport. Yes. And well, y'all can't, yeah. well, y'all can't act a fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and listen, to all the listeners out there, everybody on live, we appreciate y'all. But to piggyback off that one, let you guys know, the Lions Den will be there live. We'll be there live at the party, and and we will be talking with individuals there, talking about not just who they are, what they're doing with the community, and how they're getting giving back. But we want to thank y'all. Oh, you got something else? Also, if you want to purchase tickets, you can go to eventbrite.com slash Nukai's Mardi Gras. Nukai's Mardi Gras. Can you spell that? Uh, Nukai? Yeah. It's N-U-C-H-I-S-M-A-R-D-I. G-R-A-S. All right. There you go. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. And if you follow the page, make sure you do. If you haven't, shame on you. But get back (laughs) on it. We're going to make sure we put the links out there. But we want to thank y'all. Thank y'all for being a ho- Thank you, brother. Come on back. Miss Yo, thank you, ma'am. Big Al, you Thanks. know what I'm saying? It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? But we want to thank y'all. And everybody that's watching, thank y'all. Round of applause for y'all for coming on through. Because y'all didn't have to. And we will see y'all again on another episode of the Lion's Dance. Right, right. Thank y'all. For we coming. hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.